People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bizarre Tales Podcast. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Right, this is a listener's story episode and tonight we are joined by Stephanie Briggs who's going to tell us about a house that she grew up in which was haunted. Alright, you may hear some reference to Coronation Street at the end of the episode and that's due to Stephanie's father being uh, Johnny Briggs who played Mike Baldwin in Coronation Street which is a British soap. Uh, for those who don't know, most people will be familiar with him. So, that's why you'll hear the Knicker Factory mentioned at the end. <laughs> so, yeah. And if you've got a paranormal story you'd like to share on the show, then please do. Contact us at supernaturalpod at gmail.com or check the links in the description for other ways to contact us. But obviously there's Facebook and stuff like that, you know, you know the drill. Right, without further ado then, let's get into Stephanie's story. So she's going to tell us about the haunted house she grew up in. Yeah, so I guess the house was, as um, it, so it was built in the 1920s, so currently around 100 years old, so not actually that old. Mm at all by um, our standards of things because my mum's current house is 500 years old and there's nothing, well, none of us have really experienced anything weird in her house there, but this house was really weird. Um, so, yeah, it's um, not far from Clint Hills um, near Dudley in the West Midlands. Um, and so the house itself is like um, a double-fronted family home. Um, and there was like always people there it was always full of energy and and fun but there was this one uh side of the house that was always cold like we couldn't ever keep it heated um my cousins used to call it the christmas room because we'd only use it on like high days and holidays because it was just not it just didn't have a nice feel to it it was kind of it was difficult to heat it felt just a bit dark and cold and most of the house but especially this side of the house it felt like you were being watched a lot like the room the room above it was um my brother's room my older brother's room um but my sister is older than him and when she came home from the hospital um that was the largest room that wasn't like the master bedroom so my mum and dad wanted to put my sister in that that bedroom it was like um to the left of the house um, above the Christmas room and uh, apparently my sister wouldn't ever settle in that room at all like she would cry she'd be really fractious she just was really difficult when they tried to make that be the baby's nursery um, and so they had to uh, just put her in a different room because she refused to settle in that room at all um, and then so then my brother had it and yeah just all that side of the house was always a bit cold um, um but yeah there was there was loads of weird weird things like a lot of the typical things like um taps would be 
like the, the faucet would be fully open sometimes like you'd come home and like the taps would be like running like really like and not as though they'd just been left on a drip because they were the kind of taps you know like in the 90s where you had to really twist the handle yeah, yeah? and they'd be like fully wrenched around to the one side and then obviously so I'm I'm like one of four kids I'm number three and like so my parents would always blame us and um just think that we weren't owning up to it because we didn't want to get you know told off for you know wasting water or whatever um but honestly stuff like that would happen we had in the kitchen um lights would explode we couldn't ever keep um the bulbs on every time you well not every time but so many times a week you turn the lights on and they were sort of quite big spotlights um and yeah there'd always be one or two blown in the kitchen and we'd always be replacing those um what else? Oh yeah, often I would hear um my mum calling me um and she wouldn't be in the house. <laughs> and she because the way she called my name, she there was a certain inflection, she would always go up at the end. And um and I'd hear it quite a lot and I'd I'd like call out and say, Yes, what do you want? And then I'd get more and more frustrated to the point where then I'd go looking for her and then I'd like find her in the garden or whatever and be like, you know, what do you want? Like what why do you keep calling? And she'd be like, I haven't in any way like you know that's that would happen frequently um and then um another thing that would happen is um we'd we'd be sitting in like there was a kids like a kids playroom um that we would sit in next to the kitchen and like watch telly or just that was the room that we were allowed to destroy and um it was right next to the kitchen and the kitchen had um a stable door with um, one of those little, like a window, an internal window, so you could see through. And when you were watching telly, people always talk about shadow people, and I always thought that I had seen shadow people, but actually what we saw was different. We would see in the corner of our eye, like dark shadows flickering about in the kitchen moving, but like darting really quickly at full pelt. And often you just you know often you'll you'll see stuff or you'll experience stuff but you're not fully focusing on it and then and it's only then that you're like oh that was weird but in the moment you sort of just um kind of accept it so we'd be doing that we'd be watching telly and we'd see these flickering lights and then you'd see my siblings sort of turn to look into the kitchen and there'd be no nothing going on no one in there sometimes even the lights would be um off because you could see brightness and then a dark thing moving or like it was lighter um and that was one thing that like was kind of creepy and we all saw like we all experienced it but we never ever did that thing where we were like can you see something like we just accepted that it was there and and only since we sold the house we'd be like do you remember when that happened and then yeah so we all saw it but it wasn't really like this big thing that we spoke about it was just living in the house these were just things that we got used to um and also the main hall was pretty daunting like it was quite intimidating I used to do that thing you know when um you're frightened of being in the dark it was like this yawning darkness the the hall and the stairs and my room was the first one at the top of the stairs so I always felt a bit exposed and like like I'd be the first one I don't know it was just anyway um so what I used to do was I'd turn 
the lights on and then run up the stairs, turn the landing light on. And then I'd have to come downstairs and turn the hall light off because that's how scary this room was to me. Um, in fact, um, and you may not want to keep this in. Um, when I was a kid, I used to be too scared to go to the loo in the night and I'd open the door and sometimes I'd be so frightened. I'd just go for a, a, like a tinkle on, on the carpet. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I would, and then I would like piddle on the floor, and my mum eventually was like, "What is going on?" Uh, and then I had to tell her I was too frightened to to leave my room. Um, but yeah, so do you want me to tell you the f- first story, or do you want me to tell you the one about the the the, the priest man that I? Yeah, why, why not? Fire away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I've never had um, what's it called um sleep paralysis I don't think um but this wasn't that I was asleep as a kid um and I'm not entirely convinced it was my eyes playing tricks on me but I'll just tell you what I saw so um I was asleep one night and I started to wake up and as I woke up I saw my my eyes were sort of fixed on something in front of me um, and I was trying to make out what I was looking at as I was waking up. Uh, and as I was waking up, I saw this person standing at the end of my bed. Um, and they were wearing almost like, um, you know what you saw, fr- um, what Friar Tuck wears in um, Robin Hood, like kind of a monk's habit. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing, standing at the end of my bed. And I, I remember not really feeling anything because I was trying to work out what I thought I saw. And then when I realised I thought I was seeing this this man or this monk or whatever, I kind of didn't know what to do. And I remember everything felt really, really still. Like everything just, it was it was weird. Like the, the atmosphere felt weird. Um, and I looked at this thing for a period of time and then I don't really it just kind of dissipated it just kind of wasn't there again anymore like it didn't vanish quickly it just sort of this thing was there and then it wasn't and I remember uh being in bed and then being terrified and being too frightened to pull my covers back to run to my mum to like get help um which was useless anyway because she just brought me straight back to bed and left the light on and then and then I pulled the duvet over my head and again I was convinced that I could feel the duvet moving but that just could have been a frightened a frightened kid imagining things so I will I will say because I'm I'm not sort of like everything was haunted but then I try and be as skeptical as possible so that one I'm I'm not 100% on um but the one I really just Sorry, on. just on that before you go on, I just wanted to know because obviously you say this figure had this hood on and you know it looked more or less like a monk. But you know, me and Dan had like a running joke about that. You know, a county series that every county we go to, there's a, yeah. there's a nun or a monk, and yeah. I just was interested though because I'm sort of formulating a bit of a theory about this monk thing now. But go on. did did you see a face? Mm-mm. No, so he had his, he, I think he was had his back to me because also at the end of my bed, there was a like a chest of drawers with a telly on it. And above the telly was a mirror. And if I looked into the mirror, I could see out my bedroom door. So that would be a way of like 
when I was frightened, I'd look into the mirror to see if I could see if there was anyone in, in the hall or in the, on the landing. And I remember trying to look into the mirror to see if I could see a face, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So from my memory of it, the back was to me. And I remember lying there trying to sort of be able to see if I could see if, if I was being looked at through the mirror as well. Um, but yeah, um, I, and I get what you say about this whole like monk thing. Um, there was, I think I told you, like um, there was later in the local um, newspaper, there was a story about, um, it was like a priestly procession. Um, where I lived, it, it was, um, it used to be called the Dingle. So it must've been like this place where there was, um, sorry about my baby, I'll just wait. <laughs> Yeah, so this place uh, where I grew up used to be called the Dingle. So I was on Dingle Road, and then just down the road was this um, was a rectory road, and there's an old rectory there, like an old um, uh, church. And in the newspaper, and again, I don't know how, I can't attest to how truthful this is or how um, how much it was based on fact. But this article, I remember my mum cut it out of the paper and gave it to me. There was a procession of priests and I don't know what it was for, maybe Easter or I don't know, but they would come down through the dingle and they would go down to Rectory Road and into chapel and then do their mass or their penance or whatever. And in this newspaper article, there was these stories about um, local residents where they would um, have sort of stories about priests as well. Um, I definitely saw that newspaper after I had seen the person at the end of my bed because my mum wouldn't have cut it out for me otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that's interesting. But I guess like historically, people were a lot more holy, weren't they? Weren't they like forced to go to church on a Sunday? Well, more, well, I wouldn't say forced, but yeah, I think it was. I but it just so then, it just seems there's just seems to be quite a high number of of monks uh yeah. to use that. And again, we're just talking about someone in like say in like in a habit or a robe or this kind of thing. And there is in other cultures a very similar entity scene uh, with on. this robe and all the rest of it. And I, I'm just wondering if what we're actually seeing is another form of shadow man, because you probably come across oh. like people see shadow man with a hat on. Uh, yeah, the hat. Uh, yeah, and obviously that's talked about in in ancient cultures as well. Obviously, the jinn mm. be an example. So, I'm just wondering if this monk thing is is a monk. If it was happening somewhere like in church ground or you know that sort of thing, or there was a there was a reason because I obviously some houses in Britain we see monks and then they have they have a priest hole and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. um, <clears throat> sort of makes sense, but I'm just wondering. I don't know if if there's more to this monk thing than. I think we just see it and just it's a monk. But you know, would they have gone round with a hood up all the time? And I mean, why, I really... why why would the monks come back? You know, as like you said, the, these are supposed to be the holy people. You know, surely they're in a better place, not just anyway. Carry yeah, on. <laughs> I, hadn't, I hadn't really considered that, but you're right. It does seem. I just assume because, like, um, historically, England and I guess like um, the British Isles, I guess were like that religion's been a massive thing hasn't it um sorry just wait for her to stop crying so yeah um so religion's been and and wouldn't like the second son tend to go off and be a priest or something is that 
I just feel like it was much more of a thing historically. So yeah. maybe that's why, but I hadn't really considered your idea. I love it though. It's great. It's a great idea. Um, it just seems to be a little bit, um, like I say, just a little bit too frequent for. Yeah. For and there's liking. me saying I, I never saw a shadow man and maybe I have. Yeah. Okay. Could be. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that idea of the of the um, it being our example because people do say the gin, don't they? Mm-hmm. And then there's the hat man, but I I only ever hear that from American stories. I think the hat man story. Well, the the um, the, the Quran and the ancient tales, you know, from Arabia, and they talk about the gin and they talk about wearing a hat, and the you know the the legend is if you could if you could remove its hat you'd be you'd be granted a wish and that's where we get the genie um wow. you know, in our culture sort of idea from yeah so if you can knock its hat off so it was wearing a hat um, wow. again they call it smokeless fire which you know could be a shadow or it could be more like i always think when they talk about smokeless fire they're talking about smoke without a fire which would yeah. literally be smokeless fire which would be like a dark mass um or they're talking about more like um do you remember the film predator you know oh yeah like the mirage thing that sort of thing is they're talking about that you know it's difficult because obviously you can't write it's difficult to write that down in them days you know what i mean nowadays they'd say what looked like predator or you know there's some some reference wouldn't there but uh smokeless fire but yeah i don't know i I just think and again you know does it present itself do these things present themselves in different ways to different people you know you've got that coming in we've got the druids as well which probably wore those types of um thing i know there's a there's a forest in america where there's um stone uh monument is the way we want to call them that they're like not really like little dwelling things and they reckon some sort of druids druid district people built those and they see a lots of shadow people in that area and so they sort of put the two together so maybe it's something to do with the druids and what they was doing maybe i mean there there is um a an iron age hill fort very close by um on witchbury hill mm. um Which, so yeah possibly yes, probably means that people have lived there for a long time so wow who knows so <laughs> just just uh, before you go to the next story i just wanted to go back to the you know the corner of your eye thing because uh-huh. You know, a lot of people will say, all right, you had flickering lights, this could be electrical, you had this thing out of the corner of your eye, this could be just your imagination. But what what people tend to forget, and I did a little bit on this now, I'll probably get it the wrong way around now, but people, a lot of people will accept that an animal can see something that we can't. Yeah. You know, and they'll say, oh, me cat, oh, me dog, watch this thing go across the room, and then it started growling or whatever. Um, and this, And we sort of that's sort of accepted, you know, not, not scientifically maybe, but most yeah. people were, so, you know, fair, that's fairly common sort of belief. Well, the, the issue with our eyes that obviously our eye, not obviously, but our eye is made up of cones and rods. So I think it's the center part, uh, which deals with the color more than, more than the outer part. So that'll be the cones and then the rods will be on the outer side. So if you imagine the eye, if you imagine where the iris is, that's cones and then the outsides rods. So, the makeup of our eye is different to that of a dog. Say, say a dog's eye is predominantly rods, right? No cones. So when this, when it's got the ability to see these things and it can follow them with its 
eyes, obviously, with us, if we was to see that same thing that it was seeing, we'd have to use the periphery because that's where our rods are. So I actually think it gives more credence because skeptics will say, we well, saw it out of the corner of your eyes. You know, don't, it don't exist. I would say it gives you more, it gives more credence that you can only see it out of the corner of your eye. Right. Because that's where your eye, the rods in your eyes are. If you could see it in the front, you know, obviously then that's something different. But but if you could see it, because I mean, I've had the same thing exactly how you described. I can sit here uh, and I can see these things dart back and forth uh-huh. in the kitchen, you know, and I can have other people here and I'll see people turn their heads to look. Yeah, definitely. You know, so I know they've seen it as well. And I've spoke to people that have been here and, and I say, just tell me when you see it and they'll go, yeah, we can see it and I can see it. So, but again, if you turn to look at it, you won't see it. There's so nothing there. I think there's something going on with the way our eyes made up maybe is, is you know, helping with that situation. But, Gosh, you know. that's pretty, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. I'm, I'm looking, rods, you say? Yeah, cones and rods. It, it's, you see, that way around, I just said, oh, it's the other way around, but whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I was wondering whether it was something to do with, I was listening, because um, I don't have any time to read at the minute, I just listen to audiobooks. And I was listening to this audiobook about, um, uh, like, well, it was. it's called What the Dead Are Dying to Teach Us by Claire Broad. And I was just listening to the introduction, and she's talking about... Um, uh, brainwaves and how kids um, have they operate on the brainwaves that adults use when they're sleeping or meditating and it's only until they're sort of I think she said like seven or something onwards then they start using um, a different brainwave and stuff but um, I, f- I think it's kind of interesting as well that as kids we would see it but as an adult I haven't seen that since and I don't know whether it's because I, it start, made me think, oh, is that because like we were kids and we were operating on a different, our brains were working on a different level and we were more open and receptive. Sorry about the baby. <laughs> or I was thinking, is it that I'm just in a different place where there's nothing weird going on? So, um, yeah, I hadn't, really, I hadn't really thought about like actually how your eyes are made up and the fact that because we can only see a certain spectrum as well. Apparently there's like much more of a spectrum that we just, our eyes can't. Yeah. Yeah. I think we only see 0.5% of the visible light spectrum. So we're practically blind. (laughs) But again, you know, you know, that's just a human thing and we think we're superior. We think with this, don't we? Well, of course. Yeah. But um, yeah. Did you add the, did you have something else to, so yeah, the main the main experience I um, had in that house um, was I was around twelve, I think, and so I think it was probably Christmas nineteen ninety four, around there, um, and yeah. So uh, as uh, as I said, like um, you'd go up the stairs, there'd be like a small half landing, and then like three more steps, and then my room was the first one at the top. And it was Christmas. So my grandma had been given the job of sitting on the uh, on the landing and um, just basically making sure that no one went downstairs because my parents were wrapping gifts and getting everything ready and all of that sort of stuff. So um, and I was really excited. So I kept trying to find reasons to leave my room and my nan was getting more and more like irritated with me. And. So I remember coming in and getting into bed again and uh, I had um, like a plastic 
decoration on the door on my bedroom door and um it fell off and I remember calling my grandma to see if she would put it on the back on the door for me um but she was irritated with me so she just picked it up and like put it on a chair and left again she picked sorry shall I put her down <laughs> whatever's easiest for you is it ruining your audio no is no it? You sure? I could just edit that out, so it's no no big deal. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm trying to like minimize the amount of work you have to do. Nah, no. Um, so uh, yeah, so she comes in and she puts the uh, decoration down on the chair and leaves, and then um, so I was lying in bed and I knew she was getting like mad at me by this point, so I didn't want to get out. So I was calling her name and looking at the door, waiting for her to come in, um, but instead. This woman walks into my room um, and she's got uh, a long black skirt on and she had a shawl on, but I can't remember now whether that was over her head or I don't remember seeing her face, but she came on. She didn't ever face me. She just walked um, in and then stood really still facing the wall. Um, uh, Yeah, and she stood there for a bit and I my brain didn't jump to ghost. My brain thought it was my grandma. And then I was like, what is she doing? And then I realized that she was wearing like weird clothes. So I thought, is she, has she like got dressed up and is she trying to weird me out into like being quiet and going to sleep? (laughs) She tried to like unnerve me into being quiet because she was, she was a bit, um, yeah, she was, she was quite naughty. She'd do silly things like to embarrass us or to freak us out. Once my brother drank some, her drink and he told her that um, it had lots of pills in and if he drank it, his willy would fall off. She, she would do stuff like yeah. that and <laughs> freak us out. So it wasn't beyond what I thought she'd be able to do. So I just sort of was watching her and um, was sort of thinking, what is she doing? And she walked in, this lady, and she stood there and faced the front and then after maybe 15 seconds or so, but that, that felt quite long because I remember trying to process what was going on. And she, she walked in and she just stands there and then she just turns around again and leaves my room. And I was still going, what is, like, what is she trying, what, I don't, what was her thought process there? Like trying to work out like what, what her intention was. And then eventually I got out of bed again and I went onto the landing and she was lying. She was wearing like a white jumpsuit thing, like a tracksuit bottom. Well, it was the it was like the early 90s. So yeah, <laughs> this sort of like thing. Um, but it, obviously she wasn't wearing black, she was wearing a dress, she was wearing like a white jumpsuit, she was kind of a sexy grandma. And um she, but she was asleep. And I remember saying, like, what? what was that or what were you doing or or like what and she woke up and then she was that was that point where she was like go to bed and if you do not go to bed right now and stop this you won't get anything in the morning like that'll be it (laughs) Christmas will be cancelled for you and and it was at that point where I was like oh okay and then I just lay there processing what I thought I'd seen and like I definitely wasn't asleep so with with the man at the end of my bed like I accept that I was waking up and it could have been my eyes focusing and seeing something that wasn't there, but I was wide awake at this point. Mm. I was too excited to sleep. Um, I didn't for a minute think that 
like it was a ghost coming into my room. I thought it was a human being, like it was solid. Did you did do you have to pick up any details of? Um, not that I remember so much now. I just remember like a long black skirt, like a long maybe like a woolen skirt, like a long black to the floor. Um, and I don't from th- from my memory, like if I had to give you an age, maybe. 50s onwards maybe like she was an older woman not elderly but she was an older lady um not particularly rich yeah she it was like a long woolen skirt and then um like a shawl you know like kind of a knitted shawl um that they tend to have like tassels and the holes in them um and I but I don't know whether that was just up to her shoulders or whether she had it over her head I think I remember her hair being up in a bun but I don't know whether that is because I remember seeing it through her shawl because I remember it being a dark colour and there was sort of like, not holes as in it was old and tatty and like a ratty shawl, but it, it was like, like a crochet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her hair up, quite neat, very still, very, very um, sort of upright. Um but again, that house was 1920s. So the other typical thing I think is like the, um, oh, it's a Victorian woman. Everyone's yeah. in Victorian dress. Um, and the other thing is they're either in black or in, in white or gray, right? Um, I don't know what color she was wearing because my room was dark and the, the light was on outside, like on the in the hall and the land, not the landing, but the hall. So, um, it, but I know it was a dark colour. It could have been brown or black or blue or whatever. But yeah, all the way to the floor and then a shawl and then maybe hair in a bun and maybe 50s to 65-ish around there. Um, but I don't remember anything too much about features. And I think that's because I just had accepted she was my grandma, so I wasn't trying to yeah, yeah. work out what her fa- face looks like, oh, if that makes sense. We've got uh, well, we've got now two minutes before Zoom packs up. So I, I suppose uh, the question would be, really, if you had the opportunity to go back to that house to live, I mean, would you? Yeah, I mean, I dream about it all the time, all the time. And um, I loved that house, even though it was scary. And it felt threatening, but it was my home and I grew up there and I loved it. And even though it was scary... Um, it was my security as a kid and I had loads of really happy memories there so yeah and uh, and I miss like people from the Midlands are great I miss I miss the uh, the the fellow Midlanders so yeah I definitely go back although I couldn't afford it now it's way too expensive <laughs> yeah I saw her really <laughs> was uh, a bit pricey wasn't it yeah I mean oh. I have half a car that's it like yeah. you don't <laughs> well, I mean, it's a beautiful house, so I can, I can understand it. So so that was when I was 12. And then I told my mum a few days later, and then she said to me, oh, that's interesting. And I said, what? And she told me the story about my sister when I think my sister was about three or four. And she was in the kitchen, and she wasn't allowed to touch the hot water, but she wanted to make my mum a cup of tea. So she was allowed to put the chair at the counter and get the cup and put the um, the uh, bag in the mug and wait and she was the kettle had boiled so she was calling my mum this would have been in the early 80s 
And so she runs into the hallway and is calling up the stairs because my mum was upstairs. She's calling her. And then when my mum came down the stairs to, um, you know, help her out, she was kind of looking at something on the, on the stairs. And my mum was at the top and she looked sort of like she was confused or trying to process something. So my mum asked her what the matter was. And apparently she asked my mum who the lady was. Like, who, who that lady, mama? Like, no, something yeah. like that. My mum was like, <gasps> there was just the two of them in the house. And obviously she was really weirded out by it and um, was like, oh, no, there's no one. It's just you and me. And like, But my mum found it interesting that I'd said, oh, I saw this woman. And I didn't know this story about my sister at all. But your mum um, ne- so was- never saw anything. No, but she did say she had an experience. She when she'd had, so I'm one of four, and it was I don't know if it was either my eldest sister or my brother or me. It definitely wasn't my younger brother, but she'd had one of us, and she was lying in bed one night. My dad worked in Manchester, so he would be away for like the week, and then he'd normally come home on weekends and then go back to Manchester. And uh, we were in the Midlands, so she was in this house on her own with her kids. And um, she said her experience was she was lying in bed asleep and she woke up. You know that falling feeling you get when you're going to yeah, sleep? Yeah, yeah. Basically, she got that in reverse. And she said she um, was jolted awake. Um, and her experience was that she was convinced someone had broken into the house and they were under her bed. And they'd. she said it was as though they'd got their, um, their arms and their feet and they'd shunted the, the mattress from underneath the bed because my mum said she woke up like rolling onto her side, like almost. And she said she woke up and she was trying to work out whether she'd done that in her sleep or what was going on. And then she said, as she was sort of awake at this point, she'd just been, and there was a bassinet next to her with a baby. And I know there was, I think she had at least one or two other babies in the house or children. And um, she said the mattress got shunted a second time. And she said she, like, put her hand over her mouth because she wanted to scream. And yeah. she just lay there being like, what am I going to, like, what am I going to do? There's a man in the house and, like, I've got kids and I'm on my own. And um, and she said she lay there for what felt like an eternity and um, eventually got up and looked under the bed, but there was there was nobody there. Yeah, um, that's a but, very that's a very distinct feeling, isn't it? To be lifted up from. I yeah, mean, I remember being on bump beds, you know, when I was a kid, and I remember <laughs> my brother underneath, like doing the same thing with his feet, yeah. like pushing me up. And... Exactly, it's that feeling you're literally being like yeah. forced out of bed. It's yeah, pretty, it's pretty unnerving when you're you know just falling asleep. I must admit. Yeah, and then so I said to her, "Did you tell anyone?" And she said. Um, I don't know if she said no or if she said yes and she got like dismissed. But I remember her saying, um, I think she said she didn't say anything because she expected that someone would say or the doctor would say or whoever she spoke to would just be like, oh, you're um, a new mum. You've just had a baby. Um, your hormones are all over the place. So your sleep's so interrupted. You'll see, so you ghosts. <laughs> yeah. So she was like, so I just didn't, I didn't say anything to anyone because I just felt like I'd be laughed at and I didn't really 
um, feel like I that was a fight I was willing to fight. But she honestly, she swears blind that she that happened to her. And she said, yeah, if it was just the one sort of shunt, then she. Um, yeah, yeah. You could dismiss but, it, but but two is. But it was the second one, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my mum's experience. Um, well, I, I like other- how uh, I like how she laid there, thinking that the bagel was just gonna <laughs> just gonna leave, <laughs> leave at some point. Yeah, I'll just stay very still yeah. and hope. It's funny, it's it's funny what we do in it in times of uh, you know horror and stuff, but just yeah, just play dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically what she did. But um, yeah, and there was this other experience I had as well in that house. So my my room was above the kitchen and we had um, like those little square terracotta floor tiles. I don't know if you remember yeah, them, I remember them. Um, in the kitchen. And um, I would start waking up and I would hear the sound of high heels click clopping around the, the kitchen floor um, and not really work, walking with any... Um, intention it was just sort of like click clop like just gentle steps as if someone was just pottering around downstairs and then I'd hear the sound of a like a glass being put down on the countertop and moved about a bit and then the heels and click clop and um sometimes I'd hear it and just think it was my parents but sometimes I would be like it's really late at night so I would get up and go downstairs and there'd be nobody in the kitchen um, sorry about my phone. Yeah, there'd be no one down there. And um, the, the strange thing about that is I would go downstairs, but whenever people talk about stuff like this, not they always say, oh, like my dog was, like the hackles were up and they were all upset and stuff. But like often my, my dog would be asleep, like she'd just be sleeping in her bed, not, not bothered by it. And yet it would be enough to wake me and for me to sit there listening to it for a bit and then for me to get out of bed and come downstairs and there'd be nothing. Um, and I remember telling my family about that and they laughed at me and said, oh, it's probably your grandma come around for a gin and, gin and tonic. <laughs> um, and that they would like laugh it off like that and just basically say, oh, because she liked to drink. She's like coming and um, raiding our, our cupboards sort of thing. Um, until once my dad heard it and he went down with um, a golf club. <laughs> uh <laughs> And again, there was no one in the kitchen. And then he felt like a right tick because he's sort of standing there in his pants and vest with a golf club. <laughs> There's no one, no one in the house. And then only at that point was he like, okay, yeah, I've, I, I've heard it. Like, I've, And then, and then the, the like sort of mockery stopped a bit in terms of that. But that was, um, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, but what I find weird about that is that, yeah, the dog she was just like, often sometimes she'd be awake but maybe she had me coming downstairs I don't know but she wasn't in any way upset or like freaked out mm. or being like I don't know so that I, I always thought was quite interesting um but then oh and then the, the last thing I can tell you about that house is there was like a my parents bedroom there was like a, a long corridor and then their room was at the end of the corridor and there was um, the door, the way it was on the hinges was it was weighted. So if for any reason the door clipped out of its um, sort of shut position, the weight of the door would make sure that the, the door would swing open. Like you couldn't just have it at a crack. Like it would, it was either open or shut that yeah, door. Yeah. 
because of the, the way it was hung on its on its hinges. And so um, my dad, um, he, he said like sometimes he'd be asleep in bed and it would be in the middle of the night and he'd hear the door unhinge, unclick from its from its hinged position. And then because of the door being the way it was, it would swing open. And he said, I swear to you, there were times when I was convinced there was somebody standing on the threshold of that doorway, like not coming into the room, but he was like the amount of times, like I would hear that sometimes and I would wake up and the door would swing open and I'd have this like feeling of being watched. And he said sometimes he would get up because he'd think it would be one of us, like we'd had a dream or something, um, but he never came across anyone. Mm. Um, and like you'd say to him, do you believe in ghosts? And he'd say, absolutely not, don't be ridiculous. And then you'd say, is this house haunted? And he'd be like, oh, crumbs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, you don't believe in ghosts? He'd be like, no, nah, it's not my thing. But um, yeah, that house, it was, it, was, it was a weird place. It really was. That's a typical British um, sort of thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. You can you can hold those two well, things in your head at the same time, and you know that then that makes sense to you. You know what I mean? And we all we all do it, don't we? I think. Yeah. Well, he was born in 1935 as well, my dad. So he he was definitely kind oh, yeah. of of his generation. So yeah, it what like wasn't okay, especially for like the man of the house to be like. Worried, ghosts yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was like but, oh no but but all parents will know that that feeling of um when you just asleep and then you're just awake and there's a kid standing in the doorway and you just you just yeah. know you know someone's got up for a wee or whatever but you know and i don't know if you you hear him approaching i don't know i just don't know what it is but and you just instinctively you just there and you, you would think like waking up and seeing someone stood in the doorway would be would be like you make you like be a bit you know be a bit shocked at that, but you're not. It's like you just instinctively you know it's your kid, don't you? So to to yeah. to wake up and have that feeling of someone watching you, like someone should be stood uh-huh. there, not having someone stood there. Yeah, that's a funny feeling. Yeah, he. I, d- I mean, he would he would never like as I said like he he wouldn't ever like elaborate or expand on anything he'd just be really matter of fact about what he saw or felt or heard and then you'd say well, do you think it was a ghost and he'd be like no don't be ridiculous you'd be like is this house haunted and he'd be like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yes it Fair is enough. but that wasn't a ghost that that was just like the house settling or that was you know he'd, yeah, he'd find yeah. the- you found a way to explain it away but um yeah. You, you said you had some interesting thing to do with Hampton Courts. I know we covered it in a. a oh yeah, so Hampton, yeah Hampton Court Palace. Um, yeah, I had like one weird thing that happened there. When was this? This was probably like twenty eight, two thousand and eight, something like that. I think um, I started seeing this guy, and he lived. Um, so I live in London at the moment, and he was living in Rygate which is kind of a, a bit further out. So whenever we um, arranged to do something, we'd try and do something like fun that was kind of not in London because also I felt like it wasn't really very fair expecting this person to constantly come into London to hang out with me. So we decided this one day we'd go to Hampton Court Palace um, and we hadn't been dating long. So we were kind of doing, you know, and you almost behave like teenagers because you're you're like, 
sort of seeing how like testing their boundaries as well and like seeing how like straight they are or how much fun you can have with this person so we were at, we were at Hampton Court Palace and I was frustrated at the fact that many of the rooms are like sh- shut off to everybody you can't you can't go into a lot mm. of the rooms and like I wanted I really wanted to explore and yeah I, I wanted to see the bedrooms and the wanted gallery and all of that kind of stuff but I also wanted to see like the actual Hampton Court, right? So yeah. there'd be locked doors and I'd be trying to, like people would leave the room and then I'd try and open it and like just not go in, but like peep around or look through a, a like um, a, a keyhole, that kind of stuff. We were messing around. And so we were in one of these rooms. It was it was at the bit, I think we'd come through the long gallery and then there's this bit where you, you go through all of these different bedrooms. It's like one big hall, basically. And like you have to go into a bedroom to then come into the next room and the next room. And we were going down these these bedrooms and um and I promised this time neither of us were doing anything wrong. Um, but everyone had left the room and because um we'd sort of there was a, a, a guide just in front of us, but we weren't really part of the, the tour, we were just sort of going around by ourselves. And um, you know how they have the rope that ropes for everything off when you're not allowed to go into the space. So yep. we were kind of um, on, on, not even touching the rope. And then as soon as everyone left the room, the this alarm went off in the room that we were in. And there was only the two of us in this room at the time. Basically, um, if you go too far into the room, there's obviously a sensor or something that like alerts the people that work there so they can come and like address what's going on and so this woman had seen that we were being a bit silly but she was taking it in good um humor and then she leaves the room this tour guide and then the alarm goes off so she assumes it's us she comes back in and we were like I promise we weren't doing anything honestly we we weren't even touching the rope let alone like being the wrong side of it I'm sorry and she was like don't worry about it these things sometimes happen whatever so that was fine and then we went into the next room um, and it happened again. And the alarm in that room went off and we, we'd we been in that room. And by this point, she was kind of a bit like, what? So we said, I promise you, I, we weren't, I, re- I know it looks like we actually were because we were just in that room and it happened then. But I promise you it wasn't. And she said something like, oh, don't, don't worry about it. Um, it's been, it's just been one of those days today. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, oh, well, we have, Every now and then there are certain days when things just seem to go a bit weird. And I said, oh, has something else happened? And she said, yeah, we've been smelling um, oranges today quite a lot, scent of oranges. Um, And there was some story about they believed that if you could smell oranges, it was one of the ghosts um, of the women who lived there at one point. And uh, and they said they'd um, the other people in the tour had been smelling oranges, and there'd been um, other things that had been happening at Hampton Court that day. So yeah, we sort of um, were a bit unnerved by that, but um, found it exciting nonetheless. But I've been back a number of times since, and nothing like that's happened again. Mm. But um, yeah, it was it was it was interesting that we were being silly, and it was almost as though. Then, um, as if Hampton Court Palace didn't want us in the room by ourselves, <laughs> it was like, come and get these people and take them away, that sort of thing. And then um, and then the fact that they'd been um, smelling this sort of perfume or oranges or the, the odour of like, orange oil or something 
was quite interesting. But um, yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. Whenever I go to places like that, I also say, like, are there any stories or have you had any experiences? And more often than not, they tend to tell you something. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing Nothing had ever happened to me. And then the, the people who sort of are in charge to be like, oh, don't worry, it's just one of a number of things that's happened today that's been a bit strange. So, yeah. Well, you'd think that it would happen fairly regular in a, a place with so much history. So, um, yeah. It's interesting that you, you say that um, you felt like it was, you know, saying like, come and remove these people type thing. Yeah. <laughs> people out <laughs> yeah because about maybe because it was quite an orderly place you know you know back in the day maybe the maybe the spirits did yeah uh, and I think as well like the people um because obviously it was royalty or people with like high status yeah. and so to be in their bedroom like that is a really intimate thing wasn't it like there wasn't really like people didn't go into their bedrooms other than their chambermaids right oh uh, I don't know. I mean, that's what the four post the bed was invented for, wasn't it? So you put the, <laughs> put the curtain around the while you're doing your business. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. In it. But I feel like, yeah, I think like trusted people would be in their bedchamber, yeah. but not like people not like commoners, me. not commoners. No. <laughs> exactly. yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, that was pretty, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, it was exciting. They do do, um, I think they do like Halloween evenings which i think would be quite good fun mm. but, um far away it's a bit far probably do ghost things there now and all that because i think a lot of these play- places are sort of seeing a market in that that area for those types of events now aren't they so yeah did you know. see the video online of the guy at hampton court palace with the i think i think you did you were looking mm. at the video on your podcast weren't you yeah watching the what you the guy that opens the fire doors yeah it looks like fire doors to me yeah yeah I was with my mate the other day well a a couple she loves Tudor history um she's American and we were walking around and she said we were on the inside and she said that's the doors from the inside that were flung open yeah and they're they're like modern fire doors yeah it did look like like fire doors to me in the video yeah yeah. but again the guy the guy was dressed very strange to me he looked more like a pirate yeah. Sort of, sort of get up then then you know what you'd think of as like a that era so yeah um and I think she said when that was built or when Cardinal Woolsey built it that was a wall it wasn't a fire exit like that mm. had been put in it yeah. wasn't like there'd always been a door there and yeah. it just happened to be a fire they changed it to fire doors like it used to be a, a brick wall so I don't know I don't know how to feel about that one um 90 percent sure it's uh it's an oaks yeah same yeah i'll just leave 10 percent there but i don't yeah. know it's just the outfit it's just like someone was like saying oh i'm gonna do a prank and i'm gonna get like a medieval outfit and then they come yeah. back dressed just as a pirate but yeah. um <laughs> that's all they have <laughs> well, i suppose it could have been worse it could have been dressed as Chewbacca or something <laughs> What did Cardinal Wolsey, Wolsey wear? Because he probably was he a priest. I don't know. You'd want Dan for that. Dan, I oh. tell you, yeah. Because he he owned the house. I think he was a priest. He he built the place, and then he was gonna lose his life, and then I can't remember why he vexed Henry, but then he gave it to Henry VIII as a gift to try mm. and because I think he was kind of a bit annoyed that he felt that. Um, 
this sort of person had a house that he thought was almost better than his. So he was annoyed about it. I think he lost his head anyway, Cardinal Wolsey, but maybe he dressed like that. And that's why they were like, let's dress as a, a monk, as you say. And he, he didn't fancy Please. fire doors. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's, it's good. It's a good clip, isn't it? But I did put it yeah. on, I did put it on the Facebook group actually at one point. But yeah, I'm not convinced. That I'm not I'm sure that the place is, not... is, is haunted, like, but yeah, I'm not sure about that clip. I was listening to a podcast about about Hampton Court Palace, and I think the the office now that their like main office that the people work in was Oh, it was someone's bedroom, I can't remember. And there's lots of weird stuff that happens in that office, but obviously it's closed off to the public. And it, I just, I feel like whenever I go there, I, I always leave and it's amazing. I'm not saying it's not amazing, but when I leave, I'm like, it always feels quite small. And then when you hear people talking on podcasts, there's like thousands of rooms, but we don't get to see any of them. And no. that's why I was trying to peek behind doors and open locked cupboards and, you know, like the panelling, if there was no one in the room, I'd just pull the panelling back and see if there was something behind that. Just wanted to, like, know more, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, yeah, that is why they have the ropes there, isn't it? Because, yeah. <laughs> because people and can't be trusted, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that I mean, like I say, uh, you know, well, uh, interesting, again, that, you know, all these things took place in, in, apart from the Hampton Court stuff, all took place in one house. It's not something that you know you moved to a different place and it didn't carry on. And obviously, no. the, rest, the rest of your family have moved about and they're not experienced anything. So it does seem like the house was the epicenter of it all, which is um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what you'd expect. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people think people can be haunted, and I think they can. Um, but with those types of things, what you was hearing, the residual stuff, you know, people mm-hmm. walking up and down the kitchen and the glasses. Um, on the counter yeah seems, seems to be you know tethered to that house on it so but yeah it's all it's all interesting I'm sure that this goes on a lot more than what people talk about because you know like you even you were saying in there that you try and say well I'm you know I was half asleep and you know yeah this, that, and that, you know so it probably goes on quite a lot more I, I know yeah. people I know people that have seen lots of things but they They'll tell you what they've seen, but they don't believe it. Yeah. It's basically uh, what my dad was like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, this happened. That was weird. And this place is strange, but I'm I'm a non-believer. Because he obviously like also didn't want people to think that he was like a, a weirdo, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, people don't. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure I read was it Coronation Street? I'm sure I read that the set was haunted. It was, yeah. The Coronation Street set was very was meant to be very haunted. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I should have asked him. I never asked him what um wasn't it like an old bomb fill? Wasn't it like an old bomb site? It it might have been. It might have been in like an old hangar or somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Where it was I remember, filmed, but because we'd we'd go there quite a lot when he was working and we so there was a pub called the school, I think. Um, and then it was you'd go up and then the, the thing was there and it was basically set outside it was it was like the, the outside building but then I was there for work experience when I was a kid which was really fun but I would go in through the corner shop go up the steps and then walk along all of the street and then the the office I was w- working in was above the rovers 
there was there was a hangar as well and i think most of the stuff would happen in the hangar yeah and i think it was built on like um like a, an old bomb site or something. They've moved now, haven't they? They've, yeah, else. I think they built a new studio or something now, and I think they all done that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I'd heard that it was haunted, like so. Yeah, but no, my that only... experience is there. There from he he must have done. My only one memory of being there once was my dad was like, "Oh, I've I've only got to film one scene," and he was like, "And I'm all, I'm in the background actually. It was happening in the knicker factory." And um, he was like, I've just got to be in my office in the background because the next shot, someone comes in. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've got to be there, but I'm not really there. And like, do you want to come? And so we, my brother and I were like, yeah, 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 we'll come. So we um, went to the set and, um, you know, they, was, they were filming in the street and my dad was fanning around, like just showing off, um, being a silly dad, I guess. And um, they were filming in the street and there's a bit... So there's the Rovers here, I guess, and then you've got the, the street and then there's the Knicker factory that was meant to be opposite. And then if you look down, there was um, like a, a sort of um, a door that sort of arched like that. And then it was a different colour. Mm. Um, and I don't know what it was meant to be on the street, but in um, in the old set, like that was where the green room was, where people would hang out. And that was, you know, where the vending machines were and the main office and all of this other stuff and um, we were in there and my dad was like oh watch this watch this and he runs outside and he unhinges that big sort of archy door and like pulls it round. and it was um like two-way glass so one side it looks like a mirror and the other side it was like tinted glass and he was <laughs> like doing this silly waver so we were waving back through the glass and then um uh turns out they were filming in the street <laughs> <laughs> they had to like tell him off because he um was wasting their time by getting into frame and waving at us through the window <laughs> so uh yeah that's my only really memory of that place but it was it was creepy because they had all of the the sets that were sort of stocked there as well and so if they were doing like a cafe scene then they get all the stuff out and set the cafe up but like there was the inside of my my dad's house was there and I was like, I think I've seen that on the telly like once or twice, like never. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he was married to Alma. Yeah, yeah. Um, the inside of their house was was sort of set up for a scene, but um, yeah, I'm I, I am skeptical, but I think that's probably healthy. You don't want to be cynical. No, no. But you no. don't want to be like. No. I, be, you... Yeah, I've I've heard enough stories to know that. And I've seen enough things to know that this a lot of these things are real. I, I did a case the other day where someone had seen a goblin um, that was made of wood and straw. And again, like even said in that, the guy, if you told the guy that saw that a week or two weeks before that these things existed, he would have told you that's just bollocks. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then he goes and sees it. Mm. Yeah. See, my husband, he, I can't remember where we were. He, because he he like thinks I'm an idiot for believing in ghosts. And actually, I think if I hadn't have grown up in that house, I probably would be more cynical. I think I'm more um, more willing to sort of accept because of the experiences I had. But um, he's totally like he laughs at me and you know mocks me about it. And then he said that he he's a photographer. He'd been on a job somewhere like East Grinstead Way. And there's an old Flint church with um, like like an ancient um, graveyard going back a couple of hundred years, probably from like 1516 onwards. 
Um, and he said that he was he was there for a job, but he'd been given some time for lunch. So he grabbed a sandwich and just went because there was a bench. So he sat down like near this church to eat his sandwich. And he said that um, he saw like someone walking through the graveyard, um, someone in a hoodie he thought he saw. Um, and again, it was in his peripherals. And then he said and then he looked up and tried to see where they'd gone. And there was there was no one. He hadn't seen anyone. But um, I said, I, I remember being like, oh, my God, you saw a ghost. And he was like, don't be an idiot. Obviously not. Like, But <laughs> even him, he's like, oh, I did see something that was, it was weird. He said uh, out of like, the corner of his eye, just some, it was like a hoodie or someone with a hood over their head. And then he sort of clocked them but didn't really pay much attention. And then when he looked to see, like, seconds later, he was entirely by himself. So... It does happen. It does. It happens more often than uh, I think people give it credit for. Yeah. Again, again, going back to that, you know, what you were saying before about the Victorian, you know, the, the lady that came in your house and she looked, you know, out of place and, you know, and, you know, people say, well, you know, it's the typical Victorian sort of look and all that. Uh-huh. But again, you know, obviously if something's in your house, then you're going to, it's going to be out of place. Well, it doesn't matter what they're wearing, but, yeah. In general terms, if if you're walking down the street and there's a person walking past you that you know was killed in a road traffic accident three weeks ago, and he's dressed like an everyday person now, you're not going to know that's a ghost, you know. But he is a ghost, and you walk past him, you might even say hello to him, and you know you, you go walking down, you look back, and he's gone. Yeah. yeah. And, but that was that was a ghost that walked past you, but you didn't recognise it as a ghost because he wasn't wearing Victorian clothing. If he, uh-huh. if, yeah, of course. Walking, Break, you know, you'd notice it a bit quicker. So I think they're all around us a lot more than we uh, tend to yeah. believe. You know. All right. Well, thank you very much for, uh, for for joining me. You're welcome. Sorry, I waffled, and um, I hope that the audio is going to be all right because of my squeaky chair and then the baby. Hey. Hope I, it... For a brand new baby, I think she's uh, <laughs> pretty well there. To be fair, she's yeah, she is pretty well behaved. Um, but I just try and keep her as fed as possible. I think that's the trick. Just keep oh, their tummies full and their nappies dry. And then it. that's... She's got more hair than me. <laughs> well, I, I was admiring your hair. Was it you that... Um, did Dan, Is it you that they said looked like the modern day Henry VIII? <laughs> I don't know who said that. <laughs> when you were talking on the Hampton Court Palace um, episode, and I think they said something like... Someone said, because when we were talking about Hampton Court Palace, I looked at you and I thought, oh, actually, you look a bit like you could pass for a modern day, nah, obviously, that's, that's not probably... the 50-year-old bloated guy. The like, Yeah, no, that'll be Dan because he's a bit more rotund, than he, so. <laughs> <laughs> not the gout-ridden. Yeah, oh, no, I, yeah, the gout could yeah, be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely a potential. But, uh... <laughs> it could be a Halloween costume. It could be Henry VIII. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, she gave me quite a lot of um, acid reflux. Apparently, if, if people mm. are pregnant and the baby has hair, you get terrible heartburn. Yeah. And I and she's, yeah. But all babies look like frogs, I think. Oh, yeah. As much as I love her. Yeah. I mean, because they're all like, they're still like curled up like little gremlin people, aren't they? Yeah, they've got, to, they've got to straighten out, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pull me head off. <laughs> But okay, again. so yeah, sorry again for waffling, and I really hope I don't sound. I actually, um, this isn't my accent. I get really posh when I'm anxious. I grew up 
speaking like this, um, having a Birmingham accent. And then my mum um, has illusions of grandeur because my dad's from Clapham. Like he's he's like a Londoner. Um, he had a London accent, but um, my mum made me have elocution lessons because she didn't want me growing up talking like Lenny Henry, basically, or Frank Skinner. And so this is um, a learnt way of speaking. And when I get anxious, I get terribly, terribly posh like this. So I really hope I don't sound like a total knobhead on that. And um, if I do, I'm going to cringe and die. So <laughs> You probably just don't listen back to this episode then. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not definitely not brummy. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. <laughs>